Hey, this is Gengar Greasy, and you're listening to the Poke Tower Podcast. Hello, and welcome to episode 118 of the Poke Tower Podcast. I'm your host, Gengar Greasy. If you're new here, this is a collectibles and trading cards podcast where we talk about Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball, Digimon, and more um, to include sports cards and even getting into cards like Marvel and things like comics and graded video games, whatever interests us at any time. So if you're interested, check it out. If you're returning, please like, share, subscribe, give us a rating review if you haven't yet. Um, And uh, thank you. All right, episode 118. We got a lot of stuff to cover today. Um, Before I start, we did, if you're not a Discord member, we just announced our January box break on Friday, January 27th. How do you get in on the box break? You would go to our Discord, the Poke Tower, join in. You get those updates when we're doing stuff. Or go to thepokeytower.com. Those packs are available now. We're going to be featuring... Silver Tempest. However, the store will have a plethora of trading cards available. Um, I believe we're going to be doing Lost Origin, Silver Tempest. We're doing Yu-Gi-Oh! We're doing Blazing Vortex. We're doing Brothers of Legend. We're doing Ancient Guardians. And we're doing Dimension Phase, uh, Dimension Force. Digimon. We're doing um, Battle of Chaos. Not Battle of Chaos. Oh my gosh, that's Yu-Gi-Oh! Um, Digimon. Oh my gosh, Digital Hazard. There we go brain fart digital hazard and what was the other one uh digimon 1.5 that's a pretty old set um maybe we'll get a black war graymon who knows um digimon 1.5 dragon ball we're doing cross spirits and supreme rivalry and what else am i missing anything pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh, digimon dragon ball i think i covered it oh um we're also gonna be doing our our normal giveaway stuff that we always do. So what you're going to see this time around is for anyone who participates in the box break, you know, puts an order in, you're going to get one free pack of Edge Entertainment Street Sharks. I don't know if you guys remember that cartoon Street Sharks, but a pretty popular cartoon back in the day. I used to have the toys and I used to watch the show when I was a kid. <clears throat> but that, a booster box, we're going to be giving away a booster box of that um, one pack per order. That's was donated to us from our Discord member ATM all the way from Canada. Uh, he gave he actually sent that to me in December. We weren't able to work it out for the December break, so we had to bump it up to January. So if, if you're part of the January break, you're getting a free pack of that. Not to mention we have a bunch of free raffle items that people may win. So the the first one is going to be um, a Michelangelo slash like Ninja Turtles comic book. It's a Christmas Christmas winter slash comic book. It was a special feature um, that was donated to us from our Discord member, Chris, a.k.a. Sore Loser, a.k.a. his name changes every week. We don't know. Um, He donated that to us, so that'll be given away. And then I will also be dropping in my PSA 8 Agumon from Digibattle Series 3 in that pot as well. So how do you win those? Well, you would participate in the box break for every pack that you get, whatever genre you would get one raffle ticket. And we do our Wheel of Death, which is kind of different than a Wheel of Names, right? Wheel of Names, you spin. Whoever gets picked is the winner. This is backwards. It's actually whoever gets, whoever doesn't get picked. So you want your name to be pulled last. That's how you win the prizes. Okay, thepokeytower.com. Get ready for that. That's Friday, January 27th. We're going to be doing it 7.30 Central. Um, and that's it. That's the update. Uh... Pokemon Scarlet, Violet News, a lot of drama this week. Holy cow, we had a lot of battling. A lot of chips were on the table, and um, it was it was kind of a shake-up kind of week. Uh, so if you're into battling like some competitive Pokemon you want to play, I suggest you join our Discord. It's, it's competitive, but you have a shot. You know what I mean? Everyone's pretty equally matched, um, and I think it's fun. I think, I think we need more bodies. I think we got maybe eight or nine people participating right now. It would be nice to get closer to 12 be really good. Um, there we go. That's our intro for today. Episode 118. We're going to be talking about uh, our top four sets in the TCG Battle Royale. Here we go.
right. TCG Battle Royale. This is our segment where we talk about Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Dragon Ball, and Digimon. And we rank their four most recent booster sets. So Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, I do believe, have a new set on the way on the 20th. So in, in three days. Um, so they'll be added to the Battle Royale next week. But unfortunately, they're not released yet. We're not going to use pre-order prices. We're just going to go off of what we have this week. So going to run through this really quickly because it's been the same for the last few weeks. Number one this week. I'm going to stick with Silver Tempest. I wanted to throw in Fighter's Ambition at number one, but I just think Pokemon's the bigger modern trading card franchise. You know how I said modern trading card franchise? I think that's where most modern collectors are. They're in Pokemon. And um, whether you agree or disagree, I'm not, I'm not saying I like it. I'm just saying I think this is why Fighter's Ambition can't be number one because you got a Lugia. Uh, he's down to about 188 bucks right now. But I think we're going to see the same thing we saw with the Secret Rare Umbreon and Evolving Skies, right? So it's going to come down, probably going to come right back up once there's a little supply squeeze. Uh, especially because this set was released, you know, right around the end of Scarlet, like, or right around the end of the Sword and Shield era. So Scarlet Violet's going to drop. Crown Zenith's going to drop. We're going to forget about, you know, Silver Tempest temporarily. And then when that supply dries up, I bet you, you know, in a few months, we're going to be like, oh, man, remember that Lugia card? And, you know, he might be pushing 250 300 bucks. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but case prices are down to $715.99. It's down a little bit from last week, not much. And then box prices are up to $123.65. Pretty decent for a Pokemon box. Um, top four cards in the set down to 306 So singles are down just a tad. And there are 14 cards in the set, Vice 13 from last week. Um that break the $15 price point. So Silver Tempest hanging in there, uh, especially when you have Crown Zenith dropping in three days and it's been able to stay at number one the whole time. I know not all of us are huge modern Pokemon fans, but um, it's a solid set. It's very solid. Um, there's a decent amount of, you know, trainer galleries slash trainer cards slash alternate arts that are, that are doing well besides the Lugia. So it has to stay number one. I wish... You know, it's just Luke. This it's this is what's weird. So that Lugia alt art is in a category that that kind of fits most collectors' wallets. Like you, you'll see most most I say most most modern collectors will will spend two hundred to five hundred on a card like this, whereas they might not spend two hundred to five hundred on a card like Gohan um, from Fighters Ambition. So that's why Fighters Ambition. We're going to transition here into number two. Uh, takes the number two spot. Case prices are down to $1,000. Box price is down to 103 which I still like a lot for Dragon Ball. That's that's high. Uh, top four cards in the set come out to $608, and there are eight cards in the set that break the $15 price point, which is the same as last week. So Fighters Ambition is kind of in the same spot, like not just on the rankings, but literally price-wise, it's almost the same. Um, a couple drops here and there, but not much. That Gohan is still sticking a $300 price point which is solid. I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say. I mean, that's, that's good. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's just, it sucks. You know, like I think the market, the market for a Lugia Altart is bigger than the market for a Gohan beast Gohan market. So I'm the only reason it's number two this week is because I think Pokemon's just a bigger brand than, than Bandai. And I think, even if Gohan's a more legendary character, he's not on the team to get it done. You know what I mean? So he's he's with Bandai. And uh, you just don't see as much promo. You just don't see it. People are crazy with Pokemon. Um, but I still like it. Still a great card. And I really want to put it number one. But when you look at the rest of the set, you know, it doesn't hold a candle to, uh, to Silver Tempest. Number three this week. Yu-Gi-Oh! Same spot. Now there's some green on the screen here, which is, Interesting. Case price is still the same. Box prices are up to $60.23, which is just over wholesale. Uh, and then the top four cards in the set add up to $1,630. That's a big jump. I think last week was 15 something. Um, the big jump comes from the Exodia pieces. So the Exodia pieces are actually going up in value, especially the Exodia, the forbidden one, the main piece. Um, yeah. Solid set. It stays number three because when you compare it to Digimon at number four right here, 
um, I think you'll remember what cards were in Crystal Revenge next year. So when I say, hey, what was in Crystal Revenge? You'd be like, Exodia. Easy to remember. Very memorable set. Um, not the best Yu-Gi-Oh set. I'm not saying that. I think there's lots of good reprints in there. Uh, but you just don't have a lot of hype around it. It's not very flashy. Uh, but there's classic cards in there that kind of transcend what Digimon's got going at number four, which is going to lead us into Draconic Roar. Uh, Draconic Roar, 674 for a case, $63.99 for a box. So it's actually a little bit higher than Yu-Gi-Oh. Um, and then the top four cards in the set, also, they're up to $135.84. So you got Yu-Gi-Oh! and Digimon both green this week. They, they both went up slightly, um, which is interesting because these sets are at the end of their, like, not their life cycle, but they're they're at the end of their release cycle, right? Yu-Gi-Oh! is dropping um, Amazing Defenders this Friday, and Digimon's got BT11, which we're going to be talking about later on today. That's going to be coming out here soon, too. So you don't really see, you know, that happen. Uh, but maybe maybe Draconic Roar has something in anticipation uh, for BT11. People might want to start building building some decks competitively. I'm not sure. I'm not positive on that. It's just what what other reason would they go up in price? I don't know. Maybe a short supply squeeze or there's some sort of meta change. I don't know. Um, but it's not a to me, regardless of whether there's green on the screen or not, it's it's not enough. Um, it's not enough to compare to Silver Tempest and or Fighters Ambition, which have been very close. I mean, this whole time, this whole time they've been released. So there you guys go. That's the battle royale this week. You got Silver Tempest at number one, Dragon Ball Fighters Ambition at number two. Crystal Revenge at number three, Draconic Roar at number four. We will be shaking up this lineup next week on our new releases, um, but until then, that's what we got. All right, moving on to Pokemon this week. Here we go. Who's that Pokemon? Okay, for Pokemon, what am I doing? There we go. Um, it's funny. So I had I was doing building the podcast this morning. And one of our Discord members, I believe it was Jay Parks, started talking about an original 151 set in Japan. There's some sort of rumor going on, literally, as I was looking this up. So it was funny that he posted that because I was already on the website looking at this. But uh, here we go. Let's take a look at this. So this comes to us from PokeBeach.com. Let me get the uh, link up here. There we go. PokeBeach.com says a Pokemon card 151. Set announced for June. New EX starter decks in July. So we got a set. A 151 set. Let's see what they're talking about. I, I don't think there's too much in here, but uh, we'll go ahead and get the scoop. Okay. According to distributor listings, June 16th, we'll see the release of a new Japanese set called Pokemon Card 151. This will be yet another strengthening expansion pack set which means it'll be a subset like battle region dark phantasma and pokemon go so if you like pokemon go the way the way that set felt when you opened it you can kind of expect that right um this will feature 165 cards which is bigger than go remember go was about 70 something cards uh before secret rares each booster box will come with 20 packs for 5,800 yen um, perhaps it should go without saying, but the name implies this set will feature the original 151 Pokemon. This would include Kadabra too, if so. Remember, I think Pokemon, I think they got their rights to Kadabra, uh, back just a few years ago. Or Alakazam, you know, there was a, a magician, a real magician that, that didn't like that they used Abracadabra Alakazam. That was like a coined thing. Uh, so that's why he went away for such a long time. But I think they got it figured out. And yeah, you, you might see Kadabra again. Uh, releasing alongside the set will be a Pokeball card file set and a Venusaur Charizard Blastoid card file set. Blastoise card file set. Each set will contain five booster packs of the set and three promos. So initially, what I'm seeing here um, is looks like a really fun rip for our audience, right? So the 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 29 to 35, 40 year old audience, right? 30 to 40, basically. Um, original 151 Pokemon. That's really cool. It's gonna be a really fun rip. You you bet a lot of people are gonna be opening this stuff up. Um, but I also see an opportunity for some sealed collection stuff. I'm not gonna do that, but 
who knows, maybe what the packaging looks like looks like, you never know. Um, but if we do get some sort of file sets of a Pokeball, Venusaur, Charizard, Blastoise, that might be cool too. My only hope is that they actually do some really good work with these cards. Like, so we've been getting like with the Charizard premium box, right? You get it, you get the the VMAX alternate art. You get uh trainer, like trainer gallery style alternate arts where you know Venusaur versus Charizard. Like you need to do that. You need to tell that story with each starter. So do it with Blastoise, do it with Venusaur, do it with Charizard. Don't don't jip us and do what you did for Charizard, not do it for the other two. Uh, if I think they can nail it, they can do it right. It would be really cool. Um, and this is exciting. This is really exciting because, you know, we're getting we're getting the Scarlet Violet stuff here in a few months, in March, I think. And then they're going to bring us right back, you know, later on this year, back into the original 151. And I think if you if you keep some of these new ideas that you're bringing into Scarlet Violet, but inject it into the older Mons, you're going to get some buy-in. You're going to get some buy-in from people. And I think uh, people who somehow haven't heard of Pokemon collecting, but used to do it back in the day, they might come back, right? So like you, you lure them in with an original 151, they, they, they get some buy-in on some of these new ideas and the way the cards look, and then they're like, oh, I want to try out Scarlet Violet. It's a new set. Yeah, let's do it. So some exciting stuff here. Um, then they got some EX starter decks that will release on July 7th. This is all Japanese stuff, I believe. Um, so we have to wait a little bit. Um, but you got Decidueye, Victini, Greninja, Mirrodon, Clefable, Coridon, Houndoom, and Melmetal. Uh, not much there. I, I don't... Some people buy starter decks. I, I don't. Um, it's just not what I want to do. You know, I want to rip stuff open and I want to get the rarest cards possible. So if we get a Venusaur Charizard file set, I'm probably going to, you know, just open it up just so I can have whatever promos in there. I think that's the way to go. Um, and keep the packaging if you if you want to show it off. You know what I mean? Nobody knows if it's sealed behind you or not. Okay. So that's it for the 151 news. Um, pretty cool stuff. Nothing. Well, I'm sure there'll be more details here in a few months. But that's... I'm excited about this. That's pretty cool. Okay. Another Pokemon piece here. Who's that Pokemon? We got Illustrator Rares. So Illustrator Rares are being revealed to us for the Scarlet and Violet uh, era. And there's some pretty cool stuff uh, going on, which I'm, I'm, a, I'm glad that they're doing this because I, I've mentioned this multiple times in the Discord, like, hey, you want people to buy into these new Pokemon? You got to make cool stuff. You got to make them look cool. That's the biggest thing. Um, so Poke, Poke Beach came out with another uh, article here, Palmot and King Gambit illustrators revealed. And remember... I said if they get a King Gambit card, I'm going to want it. Um, it's an awesome Pokemon. Uh, and here's a quick look. You got new Illustrator Rares of Palmot and King Gambit, which have been revealed from the Scarlet EX and Violet EX set. Uh, we'll see the rest of the set's secret rares within the next few days. This set will release in Japan this Friday and overseas on March 31st. Here you go. Excuse me, you got Palmot. Um, that's not a Palm. There we go. Palmot right there. Really nice. But I, I, like I said, this is what Pokemon has to do to compete at this point. You got to make stuff like this. This is a really nice looking card. You know, even if Palmot's not your favorite, you can appreciate something like that because, um, you, you know, it's, it's better than what they've been doing in terms of the artwork and card layouts. This is a kind of a blurry picture of that King Gambit, but that is, looks menacing. This is great. And, and um, I think, you know, this is how you win going forward. You have to compete with what the other franchises are doing. And this is good. So, and the cool thing about it is these are illustrator rares. So, like, they got their different subsets now, right? We got trainer galleries, illustrator rares. Like, there's lots of stuff that Pokemon can do to create subsets within their big sets that make them collectible and make them fun to chase. And it's just uh, another whole nother dynamic that, you know, they haven't been doing. And, and you need to see this more. We're going to see it with Crown Zenith, but it needs to keep happening. You can't let up on this stuff, especially when you give it to people once. It's like, hey, that's what we want. Keep doing that. Um, so I would say this Scarlet Violet EX is, um, is coming out you know, pretty strong. And that's all the deets on it. That is all the deets. Um, 
just a quick piece of news there for the Illustrator Rares coming out with Scarlet Violet EX. All right, moving on to Yu-Gi-Oh! this week. Here we go. All right. So Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh!'s got uh, some, il some Illustrator Rares. Wow. It's got some Lost Art Cards uh, promotions for 2023. These are cards. Basically what happens is... Um, Distributors or like card stores, card shops, or people that run tournaments will get uh, cards from Konami in a promotion. For example, Lost Art. They'll feature four to six cards uh, from a specific set or reprints of certain cards, right? Or alternate arts of certain cards. And then basically you got to spend 20 or 30 bucks and you get a free card at the store. So... Um, an example of this would be like the Dark Magician Girls I showed you guys a while back uh, from Lost Art 20... I can't remember. I can't remember the year, and I can't see the year behind me. Uh, but anyways, um, you know, so, so if you're there at the store and you're already buying a booster box, right, you spend 60 bucks, you also get this card with it. Now, the cool thing about these Lost Art cards is that if you're an enthusiast and if you're, you're just collecting this stuff anyways, that's like a free 20 or $30 bill. Because you're already going to buy the booster box. You were going to do that regardless if there was an incentive to do it or not. Um, so when you buy Yu-Gi-Oh products, you get rewarded. And then typically you see these cards go online for 15 to 30 bucks, right? People are going to get a little bit of that money back. Um, now, this specific collection, let me uh, take you there real quick. This isn't as flashy as previous Lost Art promotions, but there may be some play to these cards. Um, there is one that I am looking at, and I'll show you here. That's the uh, Zomb Zombri Zombira, Zombria, Zombira, the Dark. Uh, that's a cool-looking card right there. Um, that's something that I would, like, I would go out of my way to get that. Because uh, I remember this card when I was a kid. Like, this is a cool-looking card, and it's just a reprint, you know? Um, looking briefly, I think this Don Zalug... He was kind of a big deal on eBay. Not a big deal on eBay, but this is the one that you're seeing listed the most and sold the most. Um, so, you know, if you're a lost art guy, this is, I think, what I'm trying to say is I think there's there's opportunities here. Um, because, you know, like my Magician Girls, I bought them and now, you know, now they sell for like almost 70 bucks. It's crazy. Uh, that's Dark Magician Girl. It's I understand it's the character and the artwork and it's a little bit older. So, like, that's a little different, but um, what I'm saying is like maybe go look at other lost art cards if this doesn't interest you. Um, but yeah, so here we go. Every month, this is what the ad says here. Um, the whole point of these lost art promotions is is one of the many initiatives to put in place to support local official tournament stores. Every month, a new lost art promotion will be released while supplies last. Duelists have the chance to add one to their collection by spending at least $30 on sealed Yu-Gi-Oh! products participating OTS locations. So there you go. <clears throat> Just cool looking cards, you know, and, and there's really not a lot to say right now for Yu-Gi-Oh! I, I said this like two weeks ago with the 25th anniversary coming up. Things are going to seem not as cool <laughs> until we get to that 25th anniversary. Um, because everyone's like, look, I'm saving up for LOB. I'm saving up for MRD, like all the legacy packs. I'm going for those. That's what I want. And stuff like this might not have that kind of shine. So it goes underlooked. Sometimes there's opportunity there because it's not being valued. Um, so just keep an eye on this stuff. If you're a Yu-Gi-Oh guy, like keep watching it. Um, there's nothing really here that stands out to me again, except for that Zombira, Zombi Zombira, um, and that's just because I, I recognized that card when I was a kid. Uh, but um, yeah, there's really not much for, on the Yu-Gi-Oh front. We're waiting for Amazing Defenders. We took a quick look at that, uh, I believe, last week. Um, but yeah, nothing much on the Yu-Gi-Oh front, so I'm not going to beat it up too much. Okay, moving on to Digimon. Here we go. All right. So... We finally got some BT11 dimensional phase news uh, for Digimon. I know Digimon's been real quiet lately. It seemed like Dracronic Roar came out and it was like no one really even knew. Like, uh, what was it, around November? 
it came out and I don't remember anyone talking about it. I don't remember like the, I would, I guess you could say the marketing for it was pretty darn bad, which sucks. That's not good. However, we come across this uh, new product release for B, for BT 11 dimensional phase on the Digimon card game website. And they did, they're doing a hell of a job marketing. They're giving you a reason to buy this set. Uh, first off, look at that old force Vigimon. That's one of the new alternate arts they're going to be featuring in this set. I don't know if you guys remember. Oh, man. A few months ago, we had talked about these alternate arts, and they were saying that they were on the level of a Ghost Rare Omnimon or Ghost Rare Alphamon. They're the same pool rate rarity. If that's true, that's going to be out of control to collect all three. Who knows till we open the set, but uh, let's take a look here. We're just going to talk about the uh, product here. If you guys don't remember, that's what it looked like, Dimensional Phase. Um, and here we go. So this was kind of cool. I, this was different. I, I kind of liked how they did this. So they're giving you a PowerPoint slash like multiple selling points on why, oh, excuse me, on why you should buy Dimensional Phase. I thought that was interesting. It's like, hey, here's a list of reasons why you're going to like this set. And that's, it's like they care. You know what I mean? So point number one. Level up your uh, Cross Wars theme deck. So, and then it goes to details here. If it's going to work, wow. There we go. Bring your Cross Wars theme deck to the next level. You can also get cards that synergize well with cards. So they're like telling you, hey, if you got a Cross Wars uh, theme deck, all these cards are going to benefit that deck, right? You got some synergy. Point number two, maybe you don't play, maybe you don't have that. Collect the characters featured in the Digimon World video game series. Maybe you like the Digimon World game. Check it out. Collect various Digimon and Tamers from the video game series Digimon World. Agumon, Biomon, Galmon, Angelmon, Rena, and Analog Man. Many new illustrations of Tamers and their partners featured in the Digimon World video game series can be found in this set. It brings iconic scenes in the video game series back to life in the form of cards. That's, that's cool, you know, okay, but maybe you don't care about that. May, give me another reason why. Point number three, introducing four Digimon that will debut in the card game. Maybe you're one of those guys like, I would love for them to feature some more Digimon. Here you go. You got, I'm going to mess this up, Vemmon, Destromon, Galacticmon, and Snatchmon being introduced. These are Digimon from Digimon World 3, and they're appearing in the card game for the very first time. Here you guys go. That Galacticmon looks pretty nuts. I think that's a secret rare. It looks like a secret rare. Wow. I don't know anything about these guys, you know what I mean? But they're adding some new Digimon. Let's say you don't care about that. Okay, let's go to point number four. Check out the cool deck list. So they give you different deck lists here that you're going to be able to use based off this release. Maybe you don't care about that. Maybe you're like us. You're like, hey, I just want to collect the coolest cards. Point number five, collect three types of alternate art reprints. So this is what we were talking about. This is what we kind of shared on the thumbnail here. Collect the three types of high rarity reprint cards. They're not telling us what exactly, but three types of high rarity gold cards can be obtained from the booster packs. These cards have very good synergy with BT11. So you got All Force Vigramon, Machine Dramon, and Mastamon. And they look great. Those are those are sweet. They should have been introduced before this, but um, I'll take it. This is really cool. I, I love this. This is like making me excited to open some modern Digimon because I can get down with that. Those look amazing. And point number six, campaign rare. For second anniversary alternate art poll. Now, what is this? I don't, I don't even remember what this is. Behold, the 10 cards that have been selected by user voting. It just says now designing. So I'm guessing we're going to have some votes put in for these uh, second anniversary alt arts. Get one pack of the competition, Digimon illustration competition packs with your purchase of Dimensional Phase. And these are the alt hearts that you get with them. So you got Numamon, Gammamon, which is really nice. Lilymon, that's nice actually too. Uh, Terriermon, Patamon, Agumon, Machinedramon, and Devimon. 
Eight cards per pack. All eight artworks selected for the grand prize and second prize in the Digimon Illustration Competition are now available as cards. And this releases February 17th. All right. So we're just, we're about a month out from BT11. Um, you got three secret rares. 18 alternate art cards. Wow. 12 cards a pack. Okay. Not bad. I, I, I'll tell you. This is this is about as excited as I've been since like before Draconic Roar. I believe was what X record. I think that's what it was. Um, wow, I'm I'm excited for this. I think this All Force Vigermon is going to be a big deal in the collector world. I think you're going to see people grading the crap out of that one. Um, it's just a fan favorite. People, I'm not a Vmon line person, but. Just looking at the market, there's a lot of people that like Vmon stuff. So be prepared for that one. And uh, I bet you that's just going to be awesome to try and chase. <laughs> okay. Moving on this week uh, to... What are, what are we doing? What are we doing? Oh, that was the Digimon news. Okay. Moving on to our newest segment, Marvel. Here we go. All right. So if you're... If you're not let me calm down and figure this out. If you're just now tuning in, um, for the last two years, we've been doing just the main TCGs, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, Dragon Ball, Digimon, right? Um, but our podcast listeners always want more. They always want more. Um, and we do have a handful of guys that collect like superhero and Marvel DC type stuff. So this is our newest segment, Excelsior. We actually started this last week. So if you want to check out an intro to, to Excelsior, check out episode 117, uh, but this week, we're going to be talking about some of the most valuable Marvel cards around, um, and let me take a look here. Now, this is just one link. I'm sure there's a bunch of different links, but what I thought was interesting about this is because the Marvel market is so, it's not small. I guess you could say it's mature, right? You, you don't see people running in and out for a quick buck. You don't see these hype beasts doing what Pokemon guys do, right? It's, I don't know how, it's very, it's not as flashy. It's not as loud, right? Um, but because of that, I think there's opportunity to find amazing cards that, that go under the radar. And this 10 most valuable um, comic cards that I found here, or trading cards for comic lovers, has some errors and things that you you may see on everyday cards that you didn't know and are actually pretty valuable. So because like anything, when when we start a new segment or we start a new hobby that we're doing, you got to start broad. You got to start with the most amount of knowledge, like very broad, very vague. Like I need to know a general idea of everything. And then you can kind of hone in on what you're actually good at, what you like and, and decide what you want to do. So the best thing to do when we're first starting out is just to get educated. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing today. We're going to be looking at the 10 most valuable card, uh, most valuable Marvel trading cards for comic lovers. This comes from antiqueslovetoknow.com. What a name. Okay. Here we go. Being a Marvel fan in the 80s and 90s was tough. The biggest pop culture movements of note for the comic book company were animated series adaptions of their best-selling titles, Spider-Man and X-Men. Most of your Marvel memories probably center on kids and teens hiding in comics in between the pages of their textbooks, but the comics weren't the only thing the company made at the time. Trading cards were an, an inescapable fad in the 90s The millennials still loved to reminisce about. But Marvel's trading cards didn't make a splash like others, such as Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! In the 21st century, though, interest in the Marvel Comics universe has hit the mainstream making your old Marvel cards worth a second look. So this is why I wanted to share this, is that I think some of you may even have these cards. You'd be surprised. <clears throat> Now's the perfect time to try and sell, or maybe even grade them. That's what we would do, right? Here you go. Most valuable trading cards for a supersized profit. Here we go. All right. Here's one right here. We got a 1990 Marvel Universe Hulk error card. So this was on the thumbnail today. All these ads, oh my gosh. There's nothing 
A collector loves more than finding a card that's been messed up in the printing process. Leaving it with a wonky pictures, incorrect spellings, and upside down images. So this is an error card of sorts, okay? Early Marvel cards didn't have many of these misprints, but their 1990 Hulk card featuring the cover art of a team-up between Hulk and Wolverine is known for a printing error. A couple of cards have been found with an upside-down blurb on the Hulk on the back. Given that 1990 was the first year that Impel manufactured those Marvel Universe cards, the 1990 Hulk error print is all the more juicy of a collectible. So a few of them come up for sale that they're unpredictable when it comes to how much that sell for. Okay, so. But recently, one with a near mint 9 grade from the famous grading company PSA is currently listed on eBay for 15000 Wow. Um, let's go ahead and take a look there. See if we can find one. 1990 Hulk error card. Oh my gosh. That's the one we're talking about right there. Um. I wonder if you could find one raw. See, and this is just something you just have to scourge. I mean, you'd have to go through your old collection and maybe you have it. Um, but let's see if we can see the error on this card. So it's on the back, I believe. Yep, there it is. So as you can see, like it's a card printed standard and then it's upside down on the back. That's what you're going to see. Nothing too crazy there. Okay. Oops. You got the 1980 Terabusi Tera Wolverine. This is the card right here. Kind of a, it almost looks like Batman right there. Uh, one of the earliest known Wolverine cards doesn't come from a traditional trading card series. Uh, if you find this 1980 card, you won't be able to stop yourself from chuckling at Wolverine. Okay. <clears throat> Let's see. In an odd turn of events, this card was sold inside candy products made from by the candy company Terabusi. Okay. Oh, so this is released in Spain. The easiest way to check if your Wolverine card is a rare Terabusi, look on the back of the card for a printed ad promoting the Spanish candy. Ah, okay. Well, let's let's check that out. Terabusi Wolverine. Let's see if we can find any. Oh, wow. So that's it right here. And then let's see what the back looks like. That's it. Looks like uh, some chocolate, some cookies. Yeah, looks like a little wafer. Interesting. Wow, so PSA eight, 600, 700 and something dollars. That is crazy. Okay, let's keep it going. The 1990 Marvel Universe Spider-Man. Now, I feel like this is a card that most people would have right here. First edition cards are majorly popular and usually worth a lot just because they were the first prints. Combined being a first edition for a super well-liked character such as Spider-Man. The 1990 Spider-Man card in Marvel's Universe card series one is one of the special finds. When it's in tip-top condition, this Spider-Man is worth about $1,000. One recently sold for twelve hundred online. I got to see if uh, if our if our buddy Chris gave me one of these. That's a, who would have thought? It's just a regular card. There's actually really nothing wrong with this one. Like there's no there's no errors. You got a nineteen ninety four Marvel masterpiece gold foil Wolverine. That's the next one on this list. So it talks about Hugh Jackman making Wolverine a a popular character. However, in the comics and you know all that stuff, he was actually a big deal before. So this is a gold foil card, which is a fan favorite, depicting Wolverine in a mid-fight on a snow-covered mountain. What the card lacks in rarity, it makes up for in fan interest. Who can resist a card with a superhero that's got claws like that? One of these cards recently sold on eBay for $2,000. And being in the best condition possible, Gem Mint 10 gave it the boost it needed for someone to buy. So this is just a, a regular gold signature series, nothing too crazy. Uh, because it was a 10, it sold for 2000 bucks. Uh, and this, these are the types of cards like I would have had when I was a, I was a kid because I I inherited a binder from my mom and her sister or my aunt. Um, I inherited a binder and they had just a ton of X Men types that like Fleer, X Men and things like that. So this is like the type of stuff I would have had uh, before I got rid of it. 1990, Marvel Universe signed Stan Lee. Okay, 
So this is a Stan Lee card. Um, the card itself isn't particularly rare, despite coming from a vintage set, but signed cards by Stan Lee have their own appeal. So this is, you'd have to have one that's signed. Okay, that's really not too much of an error there. You got a 1990 holographic silver surfer. Which one's this? The Silver Surfer has already an, an enigmatic, enigmatic reputation in the Marvel Universe, so it's only fitting that their card is just as mysteriously desired. The 1990 Marvel base cards, some of the most famous characters, are valuable in their own right, but this holographic variant of the Silver Surfer card is really sought after thanks to how difficult it is to find one. Which one are we talking about here? 1990 holographic silver. Let's check that out. See, and I like to look at this stuff. Because I don't know what's going on either. I got to I gotta take a look here. Oh, wait a minute. I think Chris has one of these. Those are sweet. Yeah, these are cool. These are I've seen these before. So they have all kinds of different characters too. You got Magneto. You got Wolverine. Uh, these are cool cards. They're actually like stickers, I think. I think you can peel that. Um, but wow. Who would have thought? I mean, look, you got one right here for 25 bucks. Take your chances, right? Take your chances. Holy cow, that's cool. See, and this is what I was talking about. Like, you know, you can find the card for 20 to 30 bucks if it's in rough shape, but mint sells for at least 150. So maybe some of these people don't know what they got. You never know. 1990 Black Panther. Again, this is just another base 1990 card. That's all it is. You can find these cards in the best condition, selling for $50 and $2,000 at the same time. It all depends on which collector finds the lot first. Oh, wow. Most recently, someone bought one in perfect condition for $4,800 on eBay. Wow. I don't think I have any of those. I think Chris has a lot of these. I, I, I remember him sharing these. He's going to have to check his collection. You got... Uh, the 20 oh this is a more recent card 2013 Fleer Retro Blue Spider-Man In a rare departure from vintage Marvel cards this specific Mint 9 Spider-Man from 2013 is one of the highest selling Marvel cards in the past few years Oh my gosh The winning bid in the golden auction for the Rich Electric Green and Red card was $168,000 What I got to look that up this is a 2013 Fleer Spider-Man. What? That can't be real. Oh my gosh. Is this it? That's it? Wow. It's from... Okay. That's a nice looking card. I wonder why... It, wow. Look at that. This guy wants 1300 bucks for a PSA 9. What's the deal here? Oh, so this is the blue one. You don't want... The, this is just a regular precious metals. You want the blue one. Ah. Oh, wait, but this one was... The rich electric green and red card. Okay, so you want the green and red one. Oh, man. Okay, I can see why. That's really cool. Look at that. Wow, that pops. That's a nice looking card, you know, and, and I would have never knew unless I looked this up. Are these the red ones? Wow. Those are fancy guys. I got nothing. I, this is my favorite one so far. I can tell you that. That's really cool. Really cool. All right. And then you got the, the 2013 Fleer Retro Green Captain America. We'll go ahead and check that out too. This one sold for 74000 in an auction. Oh my gosh. That's out of control. And this look, this is look, that's a nice looking Captain America card. I'm going to have to take a look at this 2013 set because the artwork is what's drawing me towards it. Um, you know, I don't really like Captain America, but this is, this is good. That's good stuff right there. Wow. These are so nice. Those are really, I really like the flat color behind it. So this is just like pure green, right? And then you got pure red like i really like that sometimes simplicity is a great look on a trading card does it so oh man we got a we got a wolverine there's a 2013 wolverine this is all on this list by the way for, 
most valuable cards. Um, I have to take a look at this. Oh, man. Yep. Look at that. Now we're talking. See, now we're getting into some cool stuff. This is stuff I would have known. I, now, I've seen... I've seen the precious precious metal before. I, I've seen these cards, but I did not know. I mean, those are really nice. We're going to take a look at this 2013 set. Definitely have to do that. An 8.5 green Wolverine was worth a hot 73000 Look at that. So this is a great list. So I, I can tell you right now, I'm going to take a look at this 2013 Fleer. Um, you know, it's probably out of reach, but... You might as well take a take a look and see what's out there because there's some really cool cards. Um, and so what I'm saying is, is you may not find a 2013, you know, Fleer Retro Green Wolverine. You may not find one because everyone knows about it. But what I'm saying is the the no right the no is much smaller because you can go at, go ask any modern collector like, hey, you know anything about 2013? Fleer, retro, you know, Marvel. They'd be like, what are you talking about? And that right there tells you you have less to compete with. And maybe, maybe you go to a garage sale, maybe you go to a card shop, and this stuff is just lying around, not being appreciated because Marvel's not in a spotlight. That's what I'm trying to say. And um, now maybe these, uh, these, these are really few and far between cards that you might find, but you never know. Maybe you have someone, maybe you know someone who has an Hulk er a Hulk error. Maybe you know someone who has one of these Fleer retros, and they're like, "Hey, I'll let it go for this much." I'd do that if I were you. Um, so there you guys go. That's it for Excelsior this week. Moving on to our sports. Here we go. I had a much better sample for that, but um, it was like trademarked. Couldn't touch it. Uh, so today, today, uh, for our sports cards sec section, remember we're we're starting out broad. And vague, and we're gonna dial it in. Um, last week, we talked about the ultimate guide to sports cards refractors, also known as hollows, also known as foil. Today, we're gonna talk about what brands of sport cards are the most valuable. Because now, you know, there's a lot of confusion. You you go into Target, you see all kinds of different stuff, right? You see Panini Chronicles. Panini Select, uh, you see uh, Prestige, NFL, you know, you may even see Topps Chrome. Um, you might see like all kinds, of, oh, what is it? There's all kinds, you might see Leaf in there. Um, you're going to see some Don Russ, like, and you're like, what is what? How do you know? Um, so what I wanted to start doing is at least talk about the different brands so you have an idea so you can kind of com compartmentalize and see it's really not that, not that confusing once once you figure it out just kind of like the refractor stuff we talked about it and it's like oh i get it now hollows different levels of hollows serial numbers even higher okay got it um with brands it's kind of the same thing you're gonna have tops tops is a brand right tops is a brand that makes trading cards panini is a brand that makes trading cards upper deck is a brand that makes trading cards okay so they're brands, right? Bandai, Pokemon, Konami. They're brands. Then they make different sets. They make different sets. Yu-Gi-Oh! Premium Gold. Yu-Gi-Oh! Maximum Gold. Yu-Gi-Oh! Return of the Bling, right? It's all, they're all gold cards, but they're from different sets. Same thing here. You're going to have Panini Prism. Panini Select. Panini Chronicles. You're going to have uh, Panini, Don Russ, Optic. And then some of you might be like, wait a minute, hold on. Don Russ used to be its own brand. That's true. However, Panini has acquired Don Russ. So now you will see Don Russ marketing, but Panini is the one who creates them. So it'll be Panini, Don Russ, Optic, instead of just Don Russ, right? Little stuff like that, okay? <clears throat> Here we go. Let's get into it. What are the most... What brands, well, I can't even, this is written so weird. Which brand of sports cards are worth the most? That is a terrible question to ask, by the way. But I didn't, I didn't use it for the header. I used it for the information. This is from wjplayingcard.com. 
All right. Indulging in the hobby is a wonderful way to put both time and resources to good use. People who adore sports cards are willing to shell out hundreds, if not thousands. Okay, when, you, when you're just starting out in the card game, it might be tough to figure out which sports card brands offer the best bang for your buck. And that's why I wanted to share this article with you guys. Um, because I know, I know some of you are just now getting into sports, and it's really fun. And I, I know that my advice was, hey, just get in there and start opening stuff up. But if you're balling on a budget, you got to make sure those pennies work in your favor. And I would much rather see you buy quality sets than you buy Steam Siege. If I can make this any easier for you, don't buy Steam Siege. Don't buy Rebel Clash. In the sports cards world, that could mean specific sets. Now, there's nothing wrong with opening them. If, if you got to get the taste for the rip and you got to figure it out, you got to scratch the itch, that's fine. But if you're being selective, you got to know. You got to know what you're looking at so that you can make better decisions. That's all this is about. Okay. Top sports cards. Um, Tops is one of the best brands around, um, specifically for, for baseball, I think. Um, but Tops Chrome, Tops Chrome makes stuff for, uh, you know, all kinds of different stuff. So, like, you can see um, they have Tops Chrome for Star Wars, right? Star Wars has a Tops Chrome line. So it's not just for baseball, but you're going to, if you want to buy some of the best baseball cards, it's typically, typically going to be Tops Chrome. Um, here we go. While their products include all four of the most popular sports in the United States, baseball cards where they really made their name. Their first baseball card was released in 1951 and their 1952 Mickey Mantle card is still highly sought after. If you don't know what that is, go look it up. Topps cards are generally seen as the standard in terms of card size and the inclusion of player statistics on the reverse side. In the 1930s, when it first opened, the company's main product was chewing gum. Baseball cards were not initially a focus for Topps, but that changed. Their success propelled them to the forefront of the trading card industry for sports, including football, basketball, and hockey. Topps' exclusive partnerships and license contract with the MLB since 2010 is a testament to the company's excellence. So, this is something that one of our Discord members mentioned on, on the Discord. You, with Topps, you will see Major League Baseball like uh, logos, brands on the cards. Whereas with Panini, if you buy Panini baseball cards, it just has the player name. You won't see the, the logo, and that's because they don't have the contract with MLB. And that's Typically why you'll see people want to buy baseball cards with tops because you got you got your logo and all that cool stuff. All right, Panini Sports Cards. This is another brand. So we just talked about tops. Now we're gonna talk about Panini. Panini is one of the few rivals to persist to this day and challenge tops in sales. Despite being relative uh, a relative newbie to the baseball card business, having just begun making cards in 2009, the Don Russ playoff cards were were obtained by the company in 2009. So again, Don Russ used to be its own thing. Panini took that, okay? And then the cards from that series have been highly sought after by collectors. Panini was already an established brand by 1961 when the firm was launched. So they were out in the 60s, but they didn't obtain Don Russ baseball stuff till uh, 2009. Um, Panini's lack of license arrangement with the MLB is a major difference in differentiation differentiating factor as it means the company is unable to utilize MLB team names or emblems on their cards. <clears throat> Here's some different looks of Panini brands. So again, Panini Select. Select cards are going to have Select on them, if you can see that on screen here. Um, and they're going to have a different look. Select has, its, has a look to it, um, much like different sets of Pokemon have a look to them, right? Uh, Panini Don Russ Optic. Again, Don Russ used to be its own thing. Optic was kind of its thing. Panini absorbed that. Panini, Don Russ Optic. So again, if you're talking about Don Russ, you're talking about Panini. And then you have Panini Mosaic. Just another set that Panini makes, okay? So you won't find, you won't find Mosaic cards in a select pack. That's not how it works, right? It's for a different set. Think of it like that. Upper Deck Sports Cards. Upper Deck was established in 1989 and has since become a dominant player in the baseball card market. 
Upper Deck's 1992 Upper Authentication UDA program is a five-step procedure to confirm the authenticity of memorabilia and signatures used in their cards. <clears throat> Upper Deck was the first trading card business to expand into other sports, notably hockey, basketball, and football. In 1991, thanks to the firm's huge success and excellent reviews. So Upper Deck, bigger in the 90s, early 2000s. <clears throat> Upper Deck stands out from the rest of the pack thanks to its innovative concepts and wide selection of items. Upper Deck differentiated itself from competition by integrating game-used jersey elements and autograph inserts in their 1996 Upper Deck football set and their 1990 Baseball Heroes sets, respectively. This method has developed into a standard in the card collecting community, so Upper Deck was the first one to kind of bring in game-used jerseys and things like that. Other valuable sports cards, brands. These are brands, okay? They're not sets. They're brands. You got Bowman sports cards. Um, that was more popular back in the day. You're not going to see much of it now. Um, but vintage cards, Bowman was a big deal. Again, Don Russ, before they were absorbed by Panini, Don Russ was good. I, I remember my dad used to tell me, like, Don Russ is a good, good brand. Um, same thing with Bowman. He knows that stuff. I don't because they don't exist anymore. <clears throat> Um, next, you got Fleer. Fleer was also another top brand. Um, they were established in 1929, and they still make trading cards, but uh, I believe they were absorbed by Upper Deck. So Upper Deck, kind of like what Panini did to Don Russ, they did to Fleer. I think that was um, 90s, 2000s. Among baseball card collectors, this brand is recognizable as ever thanks to its 1959 80 card set baseball great series from 1960 to 1961. So right here. Okay. Um, and then for Fleer, one of the most coveted pieces of memorabilia in the hobby is Michael Jordan's Fleer rookie. That I know a lot of you have probably seen that card. Um, modern success for Fleer may be attributed in large part to the company's commitment to innovation and wide variety of products it offers. Fleer also makes, you know, X-Men and Marvel type stuff. So that was cool. There you guys go. It was kind of long-winded, but um, so you have your older brands that don't really exist anymore. You have Fleer, you have Bowman, and you have, uh, what was the other one? Um, Don Russ. Okay. Those are names you're going to hear still. You're still going to hear this to this day. But people who actually produce stuff today, it's going to be Tops. Panini, um, and Upper Deck, okay? So think about how that all plays together. Remember, tops can have different lines, right? So you, tops chrome, you see right here on this, this actually on this thumbnail, tops chrome sapphire edition, right? So it's going to have a specific line of cards, and they all kind of have a similar theme or look to them. And uh, this, is, this is apparent throughout all sports cards, okay? Um, that is a quick guide on uh, where you need to start. So for me personally, I the most cards that I own are going to be Panini. Um, Panini Prism is probably going to be the most popular one by far. However, you know, there's there's other lines out there, right? You have Panini Spectra. We just shared that on the Discord not too long ago. Um, all kinds of different stuff you can get into. Some sets are more expensive than others. Some are classified as hobby. Some are classified as retail. Typically, retail is going to have different inserts, lower quality cards, typically, right? Sometimes there are good cards inserted into retail stuff. Like we talked about the downtown inserts. Those were case hits that you found in retail boxes, and they were cool. Um, so you just have to really know what is, you got to do your research on what's being put in the set before you buy the stuff. And then you say, hey, then you identify, hey, uh, I found out that this specific rookie card comes from these cards. That's why I'm going after this set. That's, that's really how you, you play the game. All right. That's our sports cards section this week. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Give me your feedback in the Discord. Moving on to our last segment of the night, Gengar's Grabs. Here we go. All right. Gengar's Grabs, the last segment of the night. This is our segment all about you guys. So uh, this segment, um, I am brain dead. That's because my kids are screaming out there. I can't even think. Okay. Uh, 
this segment is all about the cards that you guys buy every week. Uh, and you post them up in our Discord in the Gengar's Grabs tab. When you do that, every Tuesday I go through and I'm able to rank my favorites. Now, they don't have to be the most rarest, the most expensive. None of that really matters. It, it just goes by my preference, what I like, what I pick. Um, but also, you know, I like a good story and I like, I like to see what you guys are getting and, and why. And that's kind of how I rank this stuff. So, number five this week. Pokemon League representative, a.k.a. Paperclip a.k.a. Jake, he got a uh, serial-numbered autograph card, uh, Champ Bailey, uh, numbered to 25. That's actually pretty sick. Uh, he said that he found this at a sports card or sports store, sports hobby store uh, this weekend with his wife. Um, she had a big discount on some stuff, and that was what he came out with. Um, this is the type of stuff, like, you know, Jake, I think Jake probably got most of our guys into the Discord, into, into sports cards, because he, he collects that stuff, um, and he shares it, you know, little fun things here and there. And I think um, this is the type of stuff you want to be looking at, guys. Like, for me, at least, that's my preference is like, okay, if I'm going to get a common, like a very common, highly printed rookie, it better be the best rookie there is. No ifs, ands, or buts. However, when you get higher quality cards with autographs that are serial numbered, with star players, you know, Hall of Fame players, when you do all that stuff, you are increasing your chances of having a very good collectible because that stuff is truly capped. And uh, that's that's where I'm taking my collecting on sports cards. It's like, hey, it's got to have a serial number. It's got to have a color on it. <laughs> it's got to have some sort of foil. And it needs to be truly capped in its population for me to, uh, quote unquote, invest in something, right? Um, unless it's, you know, like Justin Herbert, that's a lock for me. I'm, I'm going to get my Justin Herbert cards because I like Justin Herbert. But there will be other cards that where I don't treat it like that. And it's like, look, if you don't meet these requirements, I'm not getting it. So this is a great example of a card like I would go for. 100%. Number four this week. Bilbo Fraggins, a.k.a. Sam. Uh, this is a pretty sweet um, spread he got. So he got all these cards at the same time. He got a uh, hockey PSA 10. Um, that's really cool because I don't know anything about hockey. Um, I can't read the name. It's Mike something. I can't read the name. It's too small for me. Um, but a PSA 10, you know, it's like, that's, I, if, if you're going to start buying sports cards, that's like one of the biggest things too. Like if graded sports cards is like, get your tens, get your tens. Um, and know, know your players, know your sports. And most of you guys are sports gurus, like, right. You know, everyone, everyone. Everyone's up to speed on sports, and with Twitter now, you can just catch stuff so fast. Um, but, uh, yeah, I have nothing bad to say about that. I don't know enough about hockey, so I'm not going to say anything about it. Uh, but you got Curse of Dragon from LOB, and then you have Red Eyes Black Dragon from LOB. So two original print, you know, LOB dragons, is that's sick. Um, that's quite the return, too. Like, it's different. We haven't seen a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! in the grabs tab. Definitely haven't seen any <clears throat> PSA 10 uh, hockey. So, like, I thought it was an interesting, different type of grab. Number three this week. Going with card habit. Uh, Skyler, he got, he got a PSA 10 legendary Super Saiyan Brawly. This is from that collector selection volume one. It was made in 2017. We actually shared this card on the podcast uh, about a month ago. So that's why I'm sharing it. The number three, he's got the MLC doing everything right. Um, I think it's a nice looking card. I think, I think you may see, you may see a, some demand for this card in the future too. I, I just think it's one of the best looking Brawly cards. Now it may not be one of the rarest Brawly cards. It's pretty easy to get, but it's one of the nicest looking Brawly cards I've seen. And that's, that's my opinion. Number two this week, Wiener Schnitzel all the way from Canada. He's got two which look like to be in very good condition. Uh, Digibattle serial promos, uh, specifically the foils of Piedmon and uh, Metal Cedarmon. So these, these promos right here are specific because they have the not for resale badge at the bottom, uh, but they're also the foils, which are extremely hard to find. I remember I bought a Metal Cedarmon foil uh, overseas and it never got to me. It just got lost in the mail. Um, and that was like 60 bucks. I got the refund. But, uh, and it was bent in half, but I wanted it because it's like, man, I haven't seen one of these in like a year. Um, so 
yeah, those those are really hard to come by. And then to have the set is even harder. And those those are just awesome cards. Uh, I think when you talk about Digi Battle, like that stuff right there, sometimes sometimes can be harder to obtain than the booster stuff. So, and they're they're classic. The people familiarize with those because they ha- we have our prints, you know, in series one. And people are like, oh, I remember I had that card. It's like, well, not you didn't have this one because this one's special. It's from a you know a European uh, serial promotion that they did, but really cool. And number one this week, going with ATM, another Canada ATM for life. He's got the Alphamon alternate art, secret rare. Uh, we just talked about this on the podcast about a week ago. Yeah, it was on last week's episode, 117. Um, I was saying, you know, I think five low 500s, mid 500s is pretty cheap for this card when you consider it's the same rarity and likely the same pool rate as the Omnimon, right? It's the same exact. When they when they released it, they said it was the same same anniversary style uh, card. And uh, they only, you know, they did the Ghost Rare Omni and then they drew in a, a Ghost Rare Alpha, Alpha Mon. So I put that card on the same level in terms of rarity. So if you trust the rarity, I think that that card is underpriced. And uh, he went out and got one. So nice looking card. I, I still I still need to get mine. But uh, yeah, good looking card. I got nothing. I got nothing to say. And I think it deserved the number one spot this week. All right. That concludes episode 118 of the Poke Tower podcast. If you guys like the video please like it share it subscribe to the channel um if you're on spotify or apple please leave us a five star review it helps me out a ton and if you haven't yet join our discord because it's free we got lots of good people in there it's a fun time um if you just need friends you should probably join um it's in all it's in, the link is in every video if it's not there just email me at the poketower podcast at gmail.com i'll get you in and lastly if you like the podcast this much you can support us by clicking the link that says support this podcast. When you do that, you can donate as little as 99, 99 cents per month. And that keeps the light on here at the podcast. It allows us to do the free giveaways, all the cool stuff that we do here for you guys. It goes right back. So that's what that is for. And that is the end of episode 118. Again, thank you guys for watching. I'll see you guys next week for episode 119. Peace.